All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kamenker. We're back, and the season is back. Well, not quite, but preseason's back. we got football coming up this week on Thursday. The Washington Redskins are playing the Cleveland Browns, the first football action of the season, really. So it's exciting. But first off, Jacob, how are you doing? I am doing great today. I am just so excited that football is almost back, even if it is just preseason. Yeah, yeah, same dude. I love how when we when we get to that part, how are you doing? We just we get in this weird cadence every time. It's so weird. I can't put a finger on it. But enough about that. Um, when football's back, I mean, you have to be good, right? I mean, you've been missing it for months. You got to be good. And uh, so it is back, and uh, we get to take a look at a really enticing matchup. Uh, it's a Browns team that uh, Jacob's mad at me because I have them. Well, I've got my record predictions in the works for all 32 NFL teams, and Jacob's mad at me because I have the Browns with a better record than a certain team in Massachusetts uh, that I won't name, but I won't spoil anything else. We'll just get into the matchup at hand, the Redskins and the Browns. Uh, Jacob, what are your general thoughts about this? Because the Browns, obviously, they've been in the gutter for a long time, and this is the year everyone's saying, hey, they're going to come out, they're going to win the AFC North. Uh, Do you want to kind of put a dampener on that hype, or you kind of think they're living up to it this year? So I've been on this train the whole time of I'm not I don't think they're going to live up to the hype this year. I think they have a very talented roster on paper. I'm just not sure it all comes together in the first year under Freddie Kitchens. We've never seen him as a head coach. I know he worked with Baker Mayfield last year, and I like the additions they made with Todd Monken and Steve Wilkes as the coordinators. But I think it might take some time for Baker Mayfield to mesh with Odell Beckham Jr. They lost some talent on the offensive line and Kevin Zeitler, and they're replacing him with Austin Corbett, who's yet to prove himself in the NFL. So I think if that offensive line plays, the offense might not be quite as good as people are expecting. I still think they're going to be a good team. I just don't know if they're the surefire AFC North winners this year. They could maybe challenge for a wild card spot, I think. But I I think this team's one more year away from just making it to the playoffs. And I I think they could be a little bit like the Dream Team Eagles, where they get a little bit overhyped coming into the year and just uh, don't quite mesh in time to make it to the postseason. So that's my general thoughts on the Browns team at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and that's completely reasonable. I mean, a lot of personalities in that locker room, too. Like, I I think the, the character concerns about Baker Mayfield were a little overblown. Uh, in the draft season, you know, like he's not this complete head case, you know, he's a good leader, but um, there are a lot of personalities that can clash, you know, you don't have to be a head case to clash with somebody. And I think, you know, Kitchens and Monken too, a lot of people think it could be a a perfect marriage, but um, I'm a little concerned about how they're going to mesh too. And then just all the personalities. Yeah, it's it's perfectly reasonable. You kind of got to temper your expectations for any first year head coach. And Kitchens, he does have a pretty solid foundation with Mayfield. He had over half a season to work with him, hands-on as the offensive coordinator, and worked wonders. Uh, So we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, uh, I do think people are kind of running with the hype, me included, you know. Uh, But um, I'm okay with it. It's the offseason. And either way, in the first preseason game, we're not going to get the teams themselves necessarily. Uh, The starters won't be playing for very long at all. It'll be a lot of the depth guys trying to make the roster, those guys trying to prove themselves. And this is one of those limited opportunities that they have. And uh, so let's switch over to the Redskins in the context of the Browns. This is a big occasion for a lot of players, Jacob. What does it mean uh, to the Redskins roster hopefuls this first game to make a good impression? 
Well, it's, it's pretty much everything. They, they've already had their chance to make their first impression on the coaching staff and training camp, but now you get into game action, and that's where some players that maybe aren't as good on the practice field can really shine. You know, a lot of the guys on the 90-man roster, you can only keep 53. Some of them are just considered to be camp bodies, and they're not going to get as much playing time as the preseason goes along. So they're going to give it everything they have in this first preseason game to prove to the coaching staff that they deserve to either stay and compete for a spot on the 53-man roster or that they deserve a shot at the practice squad. So we're going to see a lot of those undrafted guys or a lot of those guys that they added late in the offseason really do a lot. And there's always one guy that's going to come up out of nowhere and step up and challenge for a roster spot. So it'll be interesting to see who that might end up being yeah yeah for sure i mean last year it was cam sims uh we they've been alluding to it the whole offseason he was six foot five the biggest receiver out there maybe he could make an impact and make the roster and he did undrafted came out i think he led the nfl in receiving yards in preseason which it's preseason so it doesn't really matter i think jake rudock was up there uh with yards and touchdowns as a quarterback a couple years ago and there's no correlation there but he did make the roster there's always guys that are going to surprise who are you looking at in this game jacob Uh, it can be an undrafted guy it can be just a late addition, just someone who's a little unheralded to maybe make an impact. I'll give you a couple players, one on both sides of the ball. On offense, I'm really interested to see what Donald Parham can do. Uh, the team signed him after the Lions, I believe, parted with him. But he's a six foot eight tight end. He played at Stetson University, D2 school. But he posted massive receiving numbers, and just with his frame, he could make an impact as a red zone weapon if he can show well enough as a blocker and a route runner. So I'll be interested to see what they choose to do with him. And on defense, I know the defensive line room is really crowded, but they have Ryan B, who they got undrafted out of Marshall. And B was very consistent during his four years at um, the school with the Thundering Herd. And he had, I think, at least four sacks in every year, which is good for an interior defensive lineman. Um, I think he could develop into a quality player if Jim Tomsula takes time to work with him. He's got a nice six foot seven frame. So if the team decides to keep an extra defensive lineman just for depth and development, I could see Ryan B. doing that. And if not, he'd be a great practice squad candidate. Uh, is there anyone you're on the lookout um, in terms of undrafted or late additions that you really want to see, Ian? Oh, yeah. There's almost there's almost too many to count. I mean, real quick here. Uh, this is off topic, but I'll never understand why the Lions signed Parham in the first place. They had like four tight ends before they signed him. So him getting cut by the Lions isn't necessarily a negative reflection on him. He's a very enticing prospect, and I agree about B2. And you look at the Browns, as much as I like them, their offensive line is average at best, and their backup offensive, like their reserve offensive linemen, they're in a situation kind of like the Redskins, where there's a lot of uncertainty there, and it could cause maybe some backup Redskins defensive linemen to shine uh, if they have that opportunity. So I'm excited for that. One guy that I really want to see is uh, running back Sean Wilson. Uh, running back is kind of a, you know, pretty cut and dry. You know, you know what you got to do. But some guys just have this turbo button, this second gear. And I really like the clips that I've been seeing from training camp of Wilson. He was signed this offseason. He was an undrafted free agent last offseason. Signed with the Buccaneers, played a season for them. Had a few carries. I think he had seven carries for like 30-something yards on the season. Uh, So not a ton of action. Uh, But now he's got a chance with the Redskins. And I really think you look at the Redskins. A guy like Wilson, if he can come in and show this transcendent speed, uh, and really be a, a force in the passing game and the running game, I think he could maybe make an outside bid. I'm also looking at Timon Paris. Uh, you look at the Browns' edge rotation. They have a very deep edge rotation. Uh, Gennard Avery, uh, Olivier Vernon. I think Avery will be backing up Vernon, but uh, Avery is going to be a huge test for whoever's lining up a tackle for the Redskins. And I think Timon Paris, 
he's been kind of showing progress in uh, training camp. So I'm excited to see how he does because it's really anyone's job to get that backup tackle position. You look at the Redskins, they still haven't really solved it. So I'm, I'm anxious to see someone stand out there. On defense, uh, I want to see Jimmy Moreland. I want to see if this hype translates to the field, man. I mean, we've been talking about how he's the steal of the draft all offseason. People are kind of running with it. They're like, oh, yeah, he'll be the starter in the slot. I don't want to jump the gun there. He's got the closing speed. He's got the ball skills. Let's see if he can do it against a pretty good Browns team uh, with some a deep receiving core and uh, some quarterbacks who have experience. You know, Drew Stanton will probably get a lot of playing time. Uh, Garrett Gilbert, AAF, MVP. He's going to get opportunities, Moreland is. And I, I'd like to see him make some players on the ball and kind of let that carry over to the uh, football field in preseason under the lights. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, and Moreland has been so good at camp. And, you know, he just has that ability to make plays, track balls, and get interceptions. So if he could show that on the field, he could factor into the slot battle. I still think Fabian Moreau is going to be favored there. The top three of Norman, Dunbar, and Yeah, seems pretty much set. Uh, But, you know, Moreland shows out now, next offseason, when the team possibly moves on from Josh Norman, then you could talk about Moreland stepping into that slot role and possibly thriving. So I can definitely see that. Uh, Corner is just an interesting position battle in general, too. I mean, it got a little less interesting with Adonis Alexander out for a couple weeks with that, um, the calf injury I think he suffered. Yeah, something Um, like that. No, I think it was a thigh or quad, quad, quad. That's quad. it. Quad. Yep. Yep. A four-letter word related to the leg. Quad. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but yeah, so in the secondary, you're really going to see some Greg Stroman out there, Moreland and Dominique Rogers from Marty, who I think are the three favorites to be the backup. Now they'll really have a chance to, uh, you know, emerge in that battle because both Adonis Alexander and Danny Johnson aren't going to be able to play. Johnson's still on the pup list, so. That could go a long way to determining the corner battle. The other thing to look out for on defense in terms of position battles that I'll be watching, how is Troy Apke going to look? Oh, Because this is his chance to prove himself. And, you know, he's got the speed. Can he actually have the football instincts needed to be a good safety? Or could a guy like JoJo McIntosh take over for him? Um, So that's going to be something to watch. What what are your thoughts on that safety battle, you think? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I know Ken Johansson, one of our contributors, we've had him on a lot. He's a big proponent of JoJo McIntosh. Uh, He's a guy who had a lot of experience coming out of Washington this offseason. Not necessarily fast, but has the tackling ability and, uh, you know, just uh, maybe enough utility to kind of leapfrog a guy like Apke if Apke's not developing his plan. So I I definitely think the depth at safety is a little bit of a concern. I'm pretty confident in Nicholson and his ability to kind of take the starting role. We'll have to, he's got to prove it, but I I like how he's developed mentally this offseason. And I think he's got the physical traits to take that. But, um, you know, if it doesn't work out, you're right. They need a safety blanket. And I'm really curious to see. Apke, he's got all the physical traits. Can he put it together? And I think that's important for this team. You know, you look at that position. That's the safety blanket for the defense. So if you don't have that going for you, and if you don't have the depth there to kind of withstand injuries, which we know Nicholson, he's had trouble staying healthy in the past. They, they spent a fourth-round pick on the guy. They got to try and get as much as they can out of that. And if he's not showing progress now, I mean, you got to start thinking about you know, is he ever going to. So I think that is definitely an area to watch on defense. I'm more interested in the inside linebacker position. Uh, Personally, you got Sean Deion Hamilton getting his first starting action, which even though he's slotted as a starter, I still think he'll get a lot of action in the first preseason game just because they don't have a lot on him right now. Uh, They have the back stretch of last season. 
but even then, he wasn't starting consistently. I think he, he started when they pulled Zach Brown, and that was about it. They want to see a little bit more, especially with a new running mate in John Bostic and then Cole Holcomb. The coaches have been talking this kid up all offseason, so I'm interested to see how he performs because it sounds like he's got the athleticism, he's got the tackling ability, the size, and I've seen people say he has instincts too. I mean, I'm just asking myself, how did this guy fall? Not necessarily because we got a steal, but because I know there's a reason he fell, and I just can't put my finger on it. It's it's tough. So I'm, but I'm excited to see, and maybe we can get some of those answers. You know, the the potential he has, and also why he might have fallen to the fifth round. I don't know. I mean, yeah, and if you look at that position, uh, the, one of the reasons that Hamilton might play more than people are initially anticipating, they only really have six players at that position, and four are probably roster locks in Hamilton, Bostic, Holcomb, and Josh Harvey Clemens. Yeah. Um, the other guys they have listed there on the depth chart are undrafted free agent B.J. Blunt, who I like, and I think if he performs well, he's a former safety and a good downhill tackler. He could make the team maybe as a fifth guy in special teamer. And uh, Marquise Flowers used to be on the Patriots, um, Lions, and Bengals, I think. He's more of a hybrid edge-slash-inside linebacker guy. He's a good veteran, so I'm interested to see how he does as well. Uh, but, you know, they're going to have to split up playing time between those six and not just overwork the backups or the roster fringe guys. Probably give Flowers and Blunt a lot of playing time in the second half, though. Um, I, I think ultimately we're going to find out a little bit about that rotation, though, because they are going to rotate through guys. And I'm interested to see Holcomb, too, because Gruden's been raving about him. Oh, yeah. I want to see him on the field. Um, and th- there's one other thing on the defense, just one other guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Casanova McKenzie has um, a big opportunity in front of him. Jordan Brailford went down with a, another injury at practice today. He had just come off a groin injury. Apparently he re-aggravated that. Um, so if he's not going to be able to be ready for the active roster on day one, that fourth edge position is going to be open. And I think McKenzie, with his speed off the edge, could really make a case for that. And he's done well in camp. So. That's the other guy I'm watching on defense. If he's really productive against the Browns, he could cement himself as more of a roster lock than a fringe hopeful. Yeah, yeah. And the depth on the edge has also been kind of a point of contention this offseason. I mean, last year, it was pretty good. You had Kerrigan, you had Smith, and then you had Ryan Anderson and Permel McPhee, who were both pretty good against the run. Uh, but uh, you lose McPhee, and uh, Anderson still hasn't really proven himself. you got to get someone. And we thought Brailford, with his athleticism, would factor in there, but they might stash him on the pup list or injured reserve uh, if, if this injury proves to be a little too much. So we'll see. But McKinsey could definitely factor into the equation there, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see, especially against the Browns. Uh, their offensive tackle situation is not great. Uh, I think they got Chris Hubbard and Greg Robinson as the starters. So that's already not great. And then you go one tier below that, that's what McKenzie's going to be facing. So if he can shine against them, uh, he, he's got a good case to kind of build a resume over the pat, over the next four weeks and potentially earn a roster spot. And um, going going on with the players' theme, I mean, we can, we can bring up all the trademark ones. I mean, I know we're all excited to see Dwayne Haskins and how he performs on, on offense, especially with Terry McLaurin, see that connection in action. And then the receiving core as well. I mean, there's a lot of guys in there who are looking to prove themselves, just itching to prove themselves, uh, even past the starting candidates. Like, we want to see Trey Quinn. Uh, We want to see Paul Richardson now that he's back. Uh, We want to see Terry McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon. But even past that, you know, Robert Davis, he's been flashing uh, in camp. Darvin Kidsey, they like him in the slot. Uh, TJ Roming, Steven Sims, the undrafted free agents, just 
so many names in there that are in the equation uh, that, you, that you want to see. Um, real quick, we'll do one more players thing with the receivers, and then maybe we'll go on to some matchups. Jacob, is there a guy in that receiving core? Because that's easily the biggest position battle on the team. Uh, is there a guy in there that you're really itching to see? I personally am most excited to see what Terry McLaurin can do. Um, he's a roster lock, though, so in terms of position battle, I'm just more excited to see how he looks on the field. I liked him at yeah. Ohio State a bunch, so uh, we'll see how he does. In terms of the guys fighting for roster spots, I'm excited to see Cam Sims because he's gotten so much hype this offseason from uh, guys covering camp, and uh, I, I think he could make a case for the roster if he's not already really on the inside of the roster bubble. And one other note on this receiver battle this, uh, this kind of reminds me of the Washington Redskins defensive line battle from 2016. Um, I, don't rem- I don't think you were on, my, on the staff here at that point. Uh, but that year, they had a bunch of guys. They had, like, one solid lineman, Chris Baker, who you knew was going to be, you know, the starter and be really good. And then they had this, a bunch of other guys, like, just vet- veteran names who you knew and just some young dudes who you didn't know as much. And, uh, you know, it was like a, a weak group, but it almost felt like it had, like, depth in some way, shape, or form, even though it wasn't quite talented. A lot of That's average, kind of. Yeah, a lot of average to below average guys with name recognition. That's kind of how I feel about this um, this receiving core battle, because they have a lot of guys that we've gotten to know the names of because they've performed well in camp or the preseason, but I still think they're lacking that top-end receiving talent unless Josh Doxon can somehow finally step up. Yeah, yeah. You know, we cover the team uh, from a close, you know, you know, uh, up upfront basis. So it's like, to us, these guys have potential. But if you see how they're recognized nationally, it's one of the worst receiving quarters in the league. So you got to kind of sift through it to find that potential but you also got to acknowledge hey until they prove it they're not proven at all so this is kind of a big stretch for these guys to you know tell tell the world you know do you deserve a serious chance yes or no so that's going to be interesting and uh, the, the good thing for them they have a really good a really good trio of quarterbacks throwing to them uh, it's going to be tough to see you know whether they'll give all three quarterbacks reps uh, in this preseason game but you know, no matter how they split it, Dwayne Haskins, he's a very talented rookie quarterback with uh, a bright future ahead of him. Uh, Case Keenum, an experienced veteran who's had some modest success in the NFL. And then Colt McCoy, who's the, you know, he's he's been the backup for almost five years now in Washington, and he's got the system down pat. You know, they, they, they named him the starter on their initial depth chart, which doesn't mean anything, but they named him the starter because he's got the most experience in the system. So uh, working with him is going to be pretty beneficial for the young players as well. So it's going to be it's going to be exciting to see who kind of steps up in that receiving core and separates themselves. Uh, moving on, we'll kind of uh, go back to the Browns now. What's some what are some matchups? You know, Redskins versus Browns. Some positional matchups that you're really looking forward to seeing. The one that I'm looking forward to seeing the most is probably going to be how the Browns edge players and backup edge players play against the left side of the Redskins line because. We're going to see the duos of Jerron Christian and Eric Flowers square off against Donald Penn and Wes Martin. And I know I know a lot of Redskins fans want Donald Penn and Wes Martin to win those starting jobs at left tackle and left guard, and I think they'll have a very good chance to do that. But uh, the tests that they're going to get against a guy like Jannard Avery, Chad Thomas, Anthony Zettel, Chris Smith, 
those are some good backup pass rushers. And oh, the yeah. Browns are deep at this position, like you said. So those two groups, the Christian Flowers and the uh, Penn Martin groups, are going to get a good look at some, you know, quality guys who will get reps during the NFL season. And I think whichever duo looks stronger against them, they're going to be the ones that are favored initially for the starting job. And really it could go either way at this point because Penn's only been on the team for about a week. And I know everyone's been bemoaning Flowers and Christian, but if they can develop at their positions, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and I would definitely agree with that. And I think you can also move inside and uh, look at the interior line of the Browns versus the um, interior line of the D- of the Redskins uh, and see how, um you know, kind of see Jim Tomsula's work in action with different players. We've been hearing all this hype about Caleb Brantley and Tim Settle. Of course, Brantley tweaked his foot, so he might not be ready to go. We'll see. But if he is, we can see, because we've seen it with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis. But uh, now we want to see it with the other guys. You know, Tim Settle, Caleb Brantley, Ryan B., like you said. Are these guys developing? You know, is Tom Sula, does it transfer to them as well? And uh, going up against, we're going to see some familiar faces. Uh, Kyle Callis is actually on that team too, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, but some, the Browns' depth on the interior isn't great. Uh, just all around the offensive line, their depth isn't great. So seeing how the Redskins' defensive line fares against them, I think is going to be a pretty big spectacle. Uh, here, uh, one that I'm looking forward to, I know we've talked about it a bit already, but the Browns receivers versus the Redskins corners, um, you know, even after their starters, they've got uh, Rashard Higgins, who might get some reps, they got Jalen Strong, who I think I think he used to be with the Texans, he's got some upside, um, Antonio Callaway, they, they've got some good depth receivers who are going to be going up against the Redskins depth cornerbacks. You know, Jimmy Moreland will probably get a lot of reps against them. Maybe Rogers Camardi will see whether age has gotten to him or whether he can still keep up with these guys. Uh, Greg Stroman, he was one of their better corners last year. Showed a lot of promise as a young player, but now he's kind of been lost in the noise. Can he suit up and kind of uh, stand up to those guys as well? So that's going to be interesting for me. Just all these head-to-head matchups. It's, it's great to kind of see where you stack up against these teams. You know, it's like, it's, um, it really puts it in perspective because throughout the entire offseason, it's just the Redskins, you know, and they didn't have a joint practice team this year. Like they had the Jets last year. Now it's just them. So we don't even have that filter. So we just look at what they do in training camp. And we're like, oh, that was good. Oh, that wasn't so good. But we don't put it in the context of an opponent, an actual opponent until now. So it's really exciting to kind of pit them against each other. What do you think about that receiver corner battle going on? Yeah, I think that battle is definitely going to be something to watch. The Browns are pretty deep at receiver, like you mentioned, because they even have, I think, um, Antonio, or not Antonio, Damian Ratley and Antonio Callaway. Those guys might get some extra action, uh, so that'll be interesting to watch. I also think that the Redskins receivers against the Browns corners is going to be interesting. Uh, the, uh, the Browns have stockpiled some former Kansas City corners, which uh, isn't too surprising because John Dorsey used to be the GM there. Yeah. Uh, but they've got like Terrence Mitchell, Eric Murray, uh, Greedy Williams will be getting his first preseason action after being a second-round pick. So those guys have really test the Redskins receivers that we've heard a lot about in camp. So I think if you're looking, if you're looking at receivers versus corners on both sides of the ball, it's going to be a really interesting thing to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah. Greedy Williams is, uh, wow. He, I mean, some people had him as like a uh, top half of the first round guy. He ended up falling because uh, of 
concerns. I can't remember. They weren't character concerns, like completely character concerns, but maybe effort on the field. Uh, but he's a long, athletic corner who should really give these Redskins receivers a run for their money. It'll be interesting to see who stands out against him because you know Greedy Williams, You know he's a rookie. He's going to get a lot of playing time uh, in the first preseason game. So he'll be matched up against a bunch of different Redskins receivers. I'd be excited for, you know, Robert Davis, Cam Sims, Kelvin Harmon against them. See how those big guys fare. Maybe even Terry McLaurin, you know, if he can get up there and showcase his quickness against a longer player, uh, that would be good. But uh, it's just uh, overall, looking at both teams, looking at the Redskins receivers versus the Browns corners and the Redskins corners versus the Browns receivers, it's just a really um, a really fun mis- mismatch to look at and uh, kind of uh, delve into. So that's that's exciting. Any other uh, position battles, some matchups that are kind of uh, catching your eye? I think we've covered all of them at this point. Obviously, the other, the only thing we haven't really talked about is the quarterback battle, and the only reason we haven't done that is because we've kind of beaten the dead horse on that one. And yeah. until we see them on the field, we can't really differentiate how any of the three are doing. They've been so evenly matched. It's all about whoever looks best when they actually get on the field. So that'll be the only other big thing to watch, I think. Yeah, yeah. And going off of that, you know, with the quarterbacks, what they do, it means different things based on who it is. Like, if Haskins is showing a lot of flashes, you know, maybe you can leapfrog someone on the depth chart. And if he's not, I mean, he's a rookie. So he's still got that foundation that he's built. So to watch Haskins, if he's struggling at this point, this early, it's not necessarily a problem. You know, you can think about, okay, maybe we'll hold him out a couple weeks in the season or a few weeks in the season, you know. But uh, with another guy, maybe if Case Keenum isn't doing so well or if Colt McCoy isn't doing so well, you got to think, you know, is it really going to be any help to us if we sit Haskins for them? Or maybe should we just throw Haskins in? And, of course, the tackle the tackle situation factors in there, too. There's a lot of things that factor in. But uh, different things mean or have different meanings for these quarterbacks. You know, Haskins is the guy that is supposed to be developing right now and learning. And so uh, you might see an interception. You know, you might think, oh, it's a mistake. You know, he's not ready. But each time he throws an interception, each time a pass gets deflected, that's information that you can use to learn and be better next time. So it's it's all part of the learning process. And just because someone doesn't look great right off the bat, uh, it doesn't mean that you know it's going to stay that way or that uh, it, it's even a problem. You know, it's it's really good to get those mistakes out of the way, get them ironed out, and uh, just kind of learn from it. And so that's good. And it's better for Haskins because he's a roster lock. You know, for some other players who are roster hopefuls like the receivers, uh, you can't really. Uh, make those mistakes you really gotta take advantage of the opportunities that you get because they're not going to be as plentiful so it's uh for some players it's pretty laid back just kind of you're still learning but for other players you really got to hit the ground running and that's it's a contrasting dynamic that's really that really makes preseason interesting every year uh, i would say would you say that yeah, absolutely. You got some guys who know they're going to be on the roster no matter what. So if they make one mistake, they don't it doesn't get in their head because they're just like, "Okay, I'll fix it next time." But for some of these depth players, you know, who are fighting for a job, you have a drop there and you may not get back on the field very quickly after that. And you know, that might already be like one one black mark on your resume as you're looking to make the team. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on especially for those fringe roster guys um but uh you got any uh any prediction for this game ian i know that the result doesn't end up mattering but you think the redskins can beat the browns here (laughs) yeah i'm i I haven't really thought about it because 
you know, it's a preseason game. Is it at Cleveland or is it at Washington? Um, I think the game is at Cleveland, but I'm not positive. Give me like one second to figure that out. Because that does matter. That does matter a lot, yeah. Um, I'm slow on the mouse. Yes, it is in Cleveland. Okay, I, so I was right. I, I, I just could wanted have, to double check. Didn't want to doubt myself. I could have Googled it. I chose not to. I just decided to let you do it. I don't know why. I just hung out to dry. I'm sorry. but <laughs> It's I, all good. <laughs> I can deal with it. If it's in Cleveland, then uh, I'll, I'll have Cleveland. No heroics uh, from the Redskins rookies quite yet, but some. Um, it's a preseason game, so it really doesn't matter at all. If they get blown out of the water 40-0, to zero, then there might be a cause for concern, but uh, anything anything less than that, you know, it's just players are learning. They're getting, they're shaking the rust off. It's it's not really a big deal. Just get get out there, learn a little bit, stay healthy. Th- those are your goals for this game. Yeah, I've got the Redskins winning 16-13 to 13 in a defensive struggle. Oh my gosh. None of the quarterbacks really... They'll get some rhythm, but nothing great because they'll be in and out of the game. But do, do you have a... I, I, I think I've never picked the Redskins to lose the first preseason game. I'm just too positive. Do you have a play-by-play summary with that, too? He's got a score and everything, guys. My gosh. Oh, so I have the Redskins getting <laughs> one touchdown. So should I predict who's going to get that touchdown? Yeah, yeah. I would I would do that. Say which side of the field the pass was to or the run was to. Just We, we need these fine details, Jacob. All right, Samaj P. Ryan up the middle for a second. <laughs> you knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Well, I should have known it was coming. I didn't for some reason. All right, we got the Samaj P. Ryan reference. I think that's a good point to leave you guys. Maybe we went too far. I don't know, but it's too late now. Enjoy the preseason game. Football is back, uh, and uh, enjoy this podcast. We hope you, hope you um, found something to catch your eye. and uh, Let us know if there's something that we didn't mention that you're really excited to see. Let us know in the comments. Uh, but until then, guys... Um, preseason's here. Have fun. Uh, We'll have a recap for you afterwards. Peace out. Have a good night.